Hello and welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to hear about the updates on Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom. Sam Carcidi uh, tweeted out an article that kind of gave them an update on both of their progress and how they're doing so far. So it was good to hear that both are doing well. Yeah, it's, you know, we've been tracking them as much as we can with the information we've been given, but it's always good to get an update that has a positive spin to it. Absolutely. Um, We'll definitely leave the article linked in the show notes. Um, But yeah, it was good to hear. Uh, Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe to get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. We're your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And it is Wednesday, so we are going to have our weekly mailbag. And then we'll wrap up with our fun Flyers thing. You can follow us on Twitter to tweet us any of your questions for our weekly mailbag or just let us know how you're doing in this quarantine. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. All right, so let's get into some of our mailbag questions. This week is Greatest Moments in Franchise History Week. So we have some questions that focus on that. So I'll start off first with um, the question, what was your greatest fan moment in franchise history? Now, this question could be personal or general. I think, you know, obviously neither one of us was around or conscious enough to celebrate those Stanley Cups. So if you were there, that's great. It sounds great. And that's probably the best moment. But that being said, I, I think for me personally, it has to be the stadium series game that they won. I think it's as close to winning a Stanley Cup as I will feel with the Flyers <laughs> at the moment in terms of just the over, like, it felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And, you know, we had lost all these outdoor games and just the way they came back and, you know, won it in overtime and Claude Giroux and it was the heightened emotions because it was Wayne Simmons last game as a Flyer and we all knew it. And... So I think just all of that put together, it was just like this huge emotional release that day. That's a really good moment. Um, And I definitely agree with you. I think fans who were alive when the Flyers won, um, that's their moment. But I like that yours was personal. Um, I'm going to go with a personal moment as well. And I have two, but it happened on the same day. So I felt like it was one moment but it was when I finally got to meet Wayne Simmons and Claude Giroux those are two players that mean so much to me as just like people and as flyers so meeting them for the first time was just I don't know it just meant a lot to me and it's something that I always remember and I always look back on it and it's like one of my best moments uh as just a hockey fan in general and obviously my best moment uh as a Flyers fan, until they hopefully win the cup. Um, exactly. So yeah, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, hopefully very soon we'll have different greatest memories or moments. I think those are two good ones. Yeah, I think so too. That was a good call. All right. So next question is, it's depending on how you look at it, it's pretty easy or it could be a little bit challenging. Who was the greatest player drafted by the Flyers? 
Oh, you're right. This is a really hard question because there are several ways to look at it, right? And the way that the draft was, you know, low these many years ago in the 70s is obviously a lot different than it is now. Much fewer teams. So it's just, you know, it's hard to compare apples to pears there. But honestly, I really hope that it turns out to be Claude Giroux. Yeah. I think that we can't say that at the moment, obviously because his career is not over, but Claude Giroux with a close second of Sean Couturier in the annals of Flyers history. That being said, there's so many other options out there, right? In terms of, you know, the 70s era players. I mean, Bobby Clark was drafted by the Flyers. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, but and then there's a, a player like Pelly Lindbergh, who we'll never know. Mm-hmm. And then there's players who went on to have success on other teams, like Jeff Carter or Peter Forsberg. Like, how do you how do you account for that? Yeah, this question definitely. At first, I wanted to just say Claude Giroux because I just think when you look at like his production and. The, his tenure for the Flyers and all that he's been able to accomplish here, I think that's pretty clear. But you're right. You know, when you go by, when you break it up by decade and how they've drafted, there have been some really good players. And one that really just stuck out, stuck out to me was Peter Forsberg, which he's had so much success somewhere else, but was drafted by the Flyers and then ultimately came back to the Flyers. Um, and it didn't really work out, work out that well. Um, So, yeah, I think if I'm going to be honest, I would say Claude Giroux. um, But I also think that Ron Hextall is someone that we should talk about. And then also, I know that when he's playing on other teams, you think of him there. But Rick Tockett has always been a flyer that I think of as a flyer. And I thought that he's had a lot of um, meaningful years for the flyers. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of different people that you could or players that you could talk about for this question. Um, but I'm going to agree with you and, and go with the Claude Giroux. Yeah, I think the one argument to be made, I mean, there are many arguments to be made for Bobby Clark, let's be real. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I will say about Bobby Clark that may give him the edge, even let's hope and pray that we win the Stanley Cup with Claude Giroux on the team, is that Bobby Clark was drafted in the second round. And I know there were fewer mm, teams yeah. then, so it was like in the high teens in terms of when he was picked in the order of the draft um, in, oh God, I think it was 69. But that being said, you know, he wasn't their first round pick. They picked somebody before him in the draft. <laughs> so, and look what a legend you know, Bobby Clark became. So I think, you know, given that Claude Giroux was a more of a known entity, that Mm -hmm. Bobby Clark may still have the edge. No, I think that's definitely fair. This question has made me realize that the Flyers have had a ton of really good players that they've drafted. So it's a hard question, I think. It is. I think someday we should dig into some of these drafts and be like, what were they thinking? Or that was great, (laughs) you know? We're going to have to. We have the time. (laughs) We do. We do. There are some very interesting years, for sure. Absolutely. 
All right, so next question. Another hard one, I would say, was who was the greatest free agent signing in Flyers history? Uh, This was also another tough one. I think I'm going to leave one to you that I'm guessing you are going to say. (laughs) I think mine's pretty noticeable. And I'm going to... skip that one and and go with Tim Kerr because Tim Kerr is my guy. And uh, so he was a free agent. Um, he was an undrafted player. So he was signed as a free agent. And that is crazy to me. I know. <laughs> so, you know, and he was obviously a long time flyer. So he had many years to accumulate his stats. But to this day, he's third all time in flyers history and goals. He's seventh in points. He has the most 50 plus goal seasons, uh, four of them in flyers history. He has the most hat tricks in his in flyers history and his goals per game over his uh, flyers career is 0.6. That's not points per game. That's goals per game. So insane. Yeah. So that was kind of my main pick. Uh, My alternate pick, if you just want to go one and done blaze of glory, it's Yager. I mean, that was. Oh, yeah. Legendary. That is that's a really good point. I didn't. Yager's not on my list, but he really should be because I mean, he was he was here for such a short amount of time. But I don't know. He just left his mark. Like even after I just think of how what he like, I mean, how he helped Claude Giroux, and it's just, yeah, that's a really good one. I didn't have them. I had Tim Kerr on my list, but I would have to say Daniel Briere, just mm-hmm. because I'm being selfish, and this is just my point of view, and not really looking at all the stats, but I just think that his time as a flyer, he produced a lot, and then, I mean, all the iconic moments in the playoffs, uh, Briere just, I don't know, he's a fun player to watch, so. The thing about Breer that makes him such a good pick as one of the top free agent signings is that he was older, you know, as Mm -hmm. players go when the Flyers signed him. And so there was a high risk there. And, you know, he just came through guns a blazing, right? Or or elbows flying, (laughs) some might say. (laughs) But he, he played so well. And you know, had really high production in those seasons. And obviously he was Mr. Playoffs. And so I think, you know, from a risk that paid off perspective, Briere is definitely the top free agent. Completely agree with you. I mean, in 364 games, he had 124 goals, 159 assists for 283 points. So yeah, I I think that's fair to say. But I like all the the options that we said. I like the Yager one. That was a throw in. So I think that an argument can be made for a couple of players. For sure. So, Rachel, if you are like me, your life kind of revolves nowadays around like breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I've been just cooking a ton and it never really turns out that great. I mean, I'm trying my best, but... What I love using when my concoctions don't turn out right is Postmates. Yes, I know. I am not a great cook. I do not enjoy cooking at all. (laughs) I sort of enjoy doing dishes, which I know is weird, but it's very calming to me. So, No, that makes sense. Luckily, with Postmates, I can get 
food delivered that I'm actually going to like and enjoy eating without leaving my house. You know, given what's going on in the world, they have created non-contact deliveries. So when I order from my favorite local restaurants, everything gets left right in the lobby of my building. They also have this really cool feature where you can do Postmates pickup, which I've been using to um, order my takeout from my favorite local restaurants. So it gives me the opportunity to kind of take a walk outside, get some fresh air, and then have a safe um, curbside pickup where I'm not interacting with too many people but can still support my community. Yeah, that's such a good thing. And You know, Postmates doesn't just deliver stuff from your favorite burger joint or sushi place. They actually make life easier because they can pick stuff up from convenience stores or drug stores like Walgreens or 7-Eleven and drop it off. So you guys can just download the Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite places and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100, yeah, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start those free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Okay, so let's get back into these questions. What was the greatest Flyers playoff moment? And it can't be when they won the cup. Okay, that's really hard (laughs) as well. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to go with the 2010 Boston series comeback. But I that's a little on the obvious side. And I think for me, there's a different comeback that I enjoyed quite a bit. And that was in the 2012 playoff series versus Mm -hmm. the Penguins in game one, where they were down three, nothing in the first period. And this game, I love actually watching Penguins side perspective on this game, because your fave Danny Briere started the comeback with, one goal and it was famously offside and Penn's fans are salty about it to this day (laughs) and (laughs) yeah yeah, he was absolutely offsides I I will not you know argue with that but they counted it and then it just kick-started this comeback and Breer got the second goal of the game Uh, Scotty Hartnell tied it and Jake Voracek had the overtime game winner it was just so exciting and it was a great way to kick off what turned into the most bonkers series I think we've had in a long time yeah that's very very true I think Originally, I would have said the, obviously the 2012 playoffs when the coaching screaming match, because that was something that even when I wasn't like really into hockey, I saw and was like, what is going on? And so that really made me like dive deep into the playoff series. But looking back in some old playoff series, there was a a moment from the 1997 playoff series uh, with the Flyers versus the Rangers and Lindros, um, believe it was in game 
three. Uh, he had a hat trick against the Rangers, and his last goal was an empty net. Sealed off his hat trick, and he like made a really good defensive play against Marc Messier, who I'm not a big fan of. Everything about that moment was just like the commentary, the fact that he just like pushed Messier off the puck and then got the empty net. And just to see Messier's face, because of course the drama, they zoom in on his face back onto the bench, was just um, probably my my favorite. Just the pettiness in my heart just soared when I saw that clip. So that's probably my favorite. Um, the Flyers went off to win that series handedly. That's a really good one. And, you know, anytime you can stick it to Marc Messier is a good day. Oh, Rachel, you took the words right out of my mouth. I do not like him. Me either. <laughs> do not like him. Ugh. Okay. What was the greatest regular season game that doesn't get talked enough, uh, in your opinion? This one is so hard. I honestly... I. I'm struggling to come up with them because every regular season game that I love and appreciate does get talked down. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, it's probably for me personally was like that first hockey game I went to Okay, when the, the Flyers won 13 to four, you know, it was such a, a great first game for me to go to with obviously such high scoring. Tim Kerr had four goals in that game. I got to see Pelly Lindbergh play and it, it was just like an out of the ordinary regular season game. And so I think just for me personally, I appreciate that one a lot, but I don't know that it's something that necessarily should get talked about more. <laughs> no, that's fair. I talk about it enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's kind of how I feel about mine. I talk about this game all the time, but I just feel like no one talks about it that much except for me. Um, and especially me on this podcast. But again, it's one of my favorite regular season games was um, two seasons ago now when um, the it was against the, the Flyers in the Capitals. It was home game. The Flyers won and they like trounced the Capitals. TK fought. Oscar got his first goal um, as a Flyer. And yeah, that game had everything. It just was so dynamic and obviously the Flyers didn't make the playoffs that year so it wasn't really that um exciting but that was just an exciting game because I was there in person with my friend and I met it was the first game I met a lot of my hockey friends at so that game always sticks out to me but it was just like a really good game I've watched it on um NHL TV uh, a couple of times (laughs) last season yeah that's that is a good one I think you know it is you know, something that you don't think about that much. And it's just like little things that mean a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So next question, assuming that the NHL and the NHL PA agree on a flat cap, how does this affect the flyers for next season? Oh, this is very scary. <laughs> I think just because, you know, teams overall made a lot of decisions on contracts over the past couple of years, assuming a certain progression of the cap and that it would increase. And even if you thought the increase would be on the low end, 
you could still work with that. But if the cap is just flat for next season, I think there are a lot of potential issues that comes up. So the first one I think we've talked about before is the goaltending situation in that we'd ideally like to be able to go out there and maybe test the market and see if we can find somebody better than Brian Elliott to support Carter Hart. But I think that we're going to end up keeping Brian Elliott, which is not a bad thing. I mean, he's been really great this past season I just don't know that because of the cap hit situation, will his and the way he played, will his price go up a little bit? I don't know, you know, and will the Flyers get stuck because of other things they have to do? I think the the other major issue is that you know the Flyers have a couple of unrestricted free agents along with some of the guys they picked up at the trade deadline. So, like, Derek Grant has fit in really well with this team, but I just don't think they're going to be able to afford to keep him, that he's going to walk. Tyler Pitlick could walk. And so I think that the Flyers are lucky in the sense that we have, you know, especially on the forward side, we have a lot of prospects that could fill these spots pretty cheaply. And will they be the best they could be this way? I don't know. But we certainly have, you know, workable options there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I do I do think that the Flyers are in a better position than most teams. Um, just because a lot of the core guys are wrapped up and signed. Um, and they have a lot of, like, unrestricted free agents. So I think, I think they're in, like, an okay position. I, for me, I think that we're definitely going to lose Derek Grant because I also just think of his age and the fact that this is, um, this contract is a contract that he's really going to try to make his money. And I think that the Flyers just aren't a fit there. But I think the Flyers, if they do go into the season with some holes, they definitely have guys in the AHL that could patch up some of those holes. Are they going to be the best they can be? I don't think so, but I don't think any team is going to be the best they can be because of that flat cap. So I do think that, you know, while it may not be the best roster that we we could see put together, I don't think it'll be the worst. And I think that it'll the way that they've been playing will carry over into next season, and I don't think it'll hurt them too much. But I think that Brian Elliott, He's the only one that I'm like super worried about, but I don't think that he'll sign to to a deal that's going to really hurt us. I think that he's kind of set on the Flyers, and I think with just his age and like where he's at in his career, moving to a whole nother team after he's kind of been settled here might just seem like something that's just too much for him, especially with what's going on in the situation and how quickly he would want to just start the season. So yeah, he's the only yeah. one that gives me a little bit of concern. But even with Braun, like I don't think if the Flyers can't keep him, I think that they're still like they have some depth in the AHL that they could supplement his play. Maybe not on the pa- the penalty kill, but 5 on 5 for sure. Yeah, I'm less worried about the defensive side of the puck. I think that you know, they'll make do. They'll figure it out. Um 
Samaran is still out there in the wilderness, too. We can't forget about him. <laughs> I, I always so, forget about him. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but I think that the other big question mark is uh, Lindblom and Nolan Patrick. Yeah. I think that, A, we don't know if they'll be able to return and B, what kind of contracts they're going to want. And obviously with both of them having had seasons off and with a little bit of uncertainty as to how they could play. I think with Lindblom, you know, you know what kind of skill he has and that he was on his way up. So it's just a matter of his recovery Mm -hmm. and if he can build back up, you know, muscle strength and, and speed and, and just get to an NHL level. That's his, the question with him with Patrick, I think there's the recovery and will that reoccur? And does he have the skill and what does that make him worth? I, th- I just think there's more questions with him, which will make his price a little bit lower. Yeah. It's hard because those two positions, like those two players definitely are question marks and their contracts, it's it's really hard to to say what the Flyers are going to do, but I, but I think overall when you look at their cap situation, it's not too concerning. No, I think they're in a, a pretty good spot relative to other teams, at least. Which, thank goodness for that, <laughs> I would not be able yep. to handle uh, if they weren't. Um, but okay, so let's go on to the Flyers fun thing. And I think that the NHL listens to our podcast. Thank you. Um, because on Monday, I talked about how the NHL wasn't really promoting any Flyers. And they still haven't put them on like the main show. But we did get the NHL Twitter account tweeting out a video of Kevin on the ice working on saucer passes. Now, this was obviously recorded pre like pandemic. But anyway, it's still a fun video where Kevin Hayes uh, just throws some like quick uh, trick passes. And it's just nice and funny to see him on the ice. So that's definitely the Flyers fun thing. We will leave uh, a link in the show notes. And then we also retweeted it on the Twitter account. But uh, I thought the video was funny. It was very funny. It, it definitely showcased his personality. And I will say just from my perspective, as a hockey player, sauce passes are the one thing that I can actually do. (laughs) And I can manage to lift the puck to do a sauce pass deliberately. I cannot lift the puck on my forehand on a shot with any consistency. But for some reason, I can do it on passes. So there you go. (laughs) We'll take that because I can't do either. So I am proud of you. But still, fun, a really fun video, and it was good to see Kevin Hayes and the NHL promoting Kevin Hayes and the Flyers, so I love that. Yep. That is it for us today. We will be back again on Friday, where we will talk about some other great moments in Flyers history and Jersey retirements. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you, so send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now tune in to the most recent episode of Locked On NHL.